Hello and welcome to Bandcast Movie Trash. I am DB and with me as always is Aaron. It doesn't suck. And Jared. What's up? Ready to talk about titties. Yes, we're finally getting to the second in our stripper double feature. The first was Hustlers. Jared, you missed Hustlers. I did. And this one is Showgirls from 1995, starring Elizabeth Berkley, Gina Gershon, Kyle McLaughlin, Robert Davi, and I added here Rena Riefel, who Ooh. plays Penny slash Hope, who is my other favorite character in this movie. Uh, This movie was directed by Paul Verhoeven, who directed RoboCop, Total Recall, and Basic Instinct. And I just want to put it out there that he was nominated in 1974 for Best Foreign Language Film. He is uh, originally from Holland. And this movie was also written by Joe Esterhaas, who also wrote Basic Instinct. Um, that's, so it was like a team with Paul Verhoeven and um, Joe Esterhaas for Basic Instinct. And then they carried that over here into Showgirls. They lost the magic that they had with Basic Instinct. Yeah, it's funny because everyone's like, foreign films are so, uh, you know, unique. And then when they come to America, you know, bam, tits. Let's just get some first impressions. It sucks. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, the storyline is terrible. The acting is terrible. It's just basically a softcore porn. Okay. Jared. The softcore porn, yeah. It's like uh, Playboy. This is like jerking off before the internet. And it's also targeted like uh, theater kids, gay and straight, you know, for some reason. Uh, uh, All the characters are so unlikable except um her best friend i forgot her name molly yeah molly yeah right i like her too yeah holly's like the only likable character everyone's such an asshole plus molly would be a good friend to have because she's like oh i like this dress and she's like i can make that shit i need that friend come live in my trailer right after you've been uh, beating up on my car that's their their meat and their meat is a meat cute because they almost kiss right there on the side of the road there in las vegas uh, across the street from what is it the riviera I will find this conversation very fun because I fucking love this movie. Now, (laughs) I and I'm not saying that just to be contrarian or wow, here's a hot take. I suggested this movie because, as everyone else, I'd heard it was terrible. I'd never seen it before. Coming out of Hustlers, Aaron, I don't know if you recall, but one of my gripes about Hustlers was, ah, it does, it's not gritty enough. Like it, it's, it's weird because it's dealing with what seems like a trashy plot and premise, right? We have drugs, we have strippers and everything, but for some reason it felt so fucking tame and it pulled punches. And I was like, man, I just wish it had just been more fearless and really gone there. And then I watched this movie and I was fucking loving it i'm like this is everything that i wanted that i was asking for this movie is fucking great you guys this movie is fucking hilarious and intentionally hilarious it's not like hilarious like inadvertently like the room or something like that like this movie knows what it's doing i fucking love this movie i don't agree that the movie set out to be intentionally hilarious Okay. I think that it's hilarious because the acting is so poor in it. 
that it's so unbelievable. And that's why it's so funny. I, I hear this a lot because <laughs> in the past, like we were supposed to do this, you know, things came up first, you know, life, life, comes up and we didn't get to review this as soon as we thought we would. And then, of course, COVID-19. So we're going to push it off. We're going to dive into uh, pandemics. And then, of course, Tiger King. So you've had a lot of time to digest this. And I've been talking this movie with other people. And they they commonly say, say that thing. And then I have to go, no, this movie does know what it was doing. And so some of the, so some of the research, there's a great article in the Rolling Stone about this movie on the uh, 20th anniversary, which was in 2015. You know, and Verhoeven takes responsibility for the acting especially with Elizabeth Berkeley you know he was pushing her to go big with the performance he wanted this sort of over the top like crazy and like Jared like you said unlikable yeah all of these people are fucking unlikable they're trashy Molly is the most likable one and then she gets raped by him <laughs> fucking star she wanted to fuck yeah (laughs) i like what this movie does with all the characters and even her though you want to say that she's likable well okay she was willing to look the other way at nomi pushing gina gershon down the stairs because she really knew that she did it but she was willing to look the other way just so she could get invited to this party to possibly fuck the star that she wants to so i don't know how great of a character is is she is either I think it's it's really easy for the director now, 20 years later, or whenever that article was written, to say, oh, yeah, that's what I meant for. I want to see before the movie was released and the critics watched it, that he says, I was going for this big, over-the-top, intentionally funny movie. I think it's he's had time to craft a response to what everybody said about it. Well, I th- see, and I personally, I feel like it comes through. There's also there is evidence though to support this, and that's what he told the uh, the music. Forgive me, I don't have his name, but he was um, one half of the Eurythmics. That's who he got to compose the score, and he kept telling him, "No, don't make it really grand and." Um, fitting for this make it make it dull make it bland like that's what we going for like with these these crazy dance numbers that they do in the um uh the stardust uh hotel he didn't want it to actually feel like a really robust musical thing he wanted it to be like just bland and just stupid yeah tense with yeah like these cheesy like explosions and yeah it's vegas right this is like this is it's it's you come to expect one thing and this is what you get like he was going for that and he asked the composer to actually match that so there is that evidence to it which i love i think it i personally when i watch those numbers you're laughing at them and it's like so gratuitous like the amount of minutes that we spend watching those ridiculously stupid dance numbers that it but the music in it you think is funny i didn't even the music didn't even register with me because it's so sort of just almost like elevator music version of a big showcase number right it's just it it feels like it was just composed and, and done on a casio tone okay yeah <laughs> i i yeah i'm gonna watch Derek. <laughs> like defend this movie <laughs> yeah just like i did carol baskin this is two in a row i was just gonna ask if you have you gotta fuck marry kill and Ooh. it's uh showgirls carol baskin and how about vanilla ice cream <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Hard choice. I'm going to marry... Oh, but I can't kill Carol Baskin. She's doing such good work. I guess I'd have to kill the vanilla ice cream, marry Carol, but oh my God, fuck showgirls. Because that's another thing about the difference... You are going to marry Carol Baskin. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know... Unpopular opinion. Then then I'll just have to be... Jesus. I'll have my side action here in Canoga Park somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> All right. We're going to live in different states. You know, it's just going to be a contractual marriage. you got to get your wildcat rescue. If anything happens to you, Jared and I will not rest until justice is served. Oh, good. Thank you so much. Well, you know, and because I do have my pilot's license, but I'm not licensed to fly. So just uh, be aware of that, too. Leave us clues. Okay. I will. I'll make it fun. Like Knives Out. Like a little scavenger hunt. Who killed DB? So one of the facts about this movie is this is the highest grossing NC-17 film ever made. It had a $40 million budget. It only made $20 million in the theaters, yes, but it made $100 million in home video sales. Yeah, it's a cult classic. Masturbating. Hello. Yes. Oh, I know what the other point was. Um, Speaking of that, is compared to Hustlers, it's going back to that fuck, marry, kill. Hustlers, okay, yes, we all recognize Jennifer Lopez looks great for her age. Everybody always tags that on. I think she looks great, period, true. The lead in that movie, I, for a stripper movie, I mean, did not just... A little too wholesome. Yeah. Comparing it to Showgirls, These women are fucking amazing. And these are dancers. Like these, some of the stuff that you see in here, just with, um, especially with Elizabeth Berkeley, it's not easy to do that. And again, we all laugh at the dancing and like the over the top, you know, routines that she does. And there's, again, they're supposed to be over the top and, and corny because it's Vegas. And it, it it's Nomi as well, who's like not a likable character, but it is still like really fucking intense to be able to do that. Like that is really difficult. And all the women in here are just like, wow. Now, I don't, I, when, for me, the best parts of this movie was the dancing. Okay. I didn't think it was over the top. I like watching people dance, like yeah. uh, choreographed dance. I like that. Okay. The music didn't even register, and I I didn't mind the dramatics on the stage. For me, the funny parts, or the, I I didn't laugh watching this movie. For me, the parts that were like, this movie is fucking terrible, was the parts where they're not on stage, where they're just interacting. The acting was so bad. My skin was crawling. It was terrible. You can't say that about Gina Gershon, though. Gina Gershon was fucking awesome. Gina Gershon was good, but a lot of her parts, a lot of her scenes, the two of them together, it was just awkward. See, I didn't mind it at all. And I liked the way that it was juxtaposed. Like, Nomi, she's a cipher, right? I mean, her name is Nomi, right? There is no me outside of my interactions with other people, right? She's kind of like the quintessential sort of narcissist or borderline personality, which she exhibits a ton of borderline personality traits, just the flying off the handle, going from rage to laughing. And and with with her as being like this wide-eyed, vacant, but like there's some, behind that vacancy, there's just like almost a menace behind it. I liked it. I can't believe I'm saying this about this movie either because I went into this thinking, oh, this will be a fun movie to trash. It'll be like cocktail. This movie is good. 
And I love Gina Gershon. Mm. Like all the scenes with her, like Gina Gershon is just fucking awesome in this movie. I wonder how much you'd like this movie if everybody was fully clothed for the whole thing. <laughs> no, it's, no, see. <laughs> I wonder how good you think it is then when you just have to watch the acting. I have another point that I uh, just discovered today. So we, I've been sitting on this, you know, for a month and, you know, just dying to talk this movie and praise it and just talk about how much I love it. Like this is probably one of my all-time favorite movies. It's like in my top five, top ten. It's it's definitely I, really, in there. I cannot believe you would say something like that. Yes, because it actually looks good too. And like the camera work. I love like the op from the opening where we're just over the shoulder shot of her just walking through a Sears strip mall parking lot to then um hitchhike. I was like, whoa, this isn't what I expected at all. I actually was into it from the from the word go. But I'm not alone in this. I discovered today that uh, 10 other people feel this way. Dude, a lot of people like this movie a lot. I've got it down to two. Uh, they're famous directors, though. Jim Jarmusch and Quentin Tarantino loves this movie. Oh. And I'll bet Quentin Tarantino wouldn't watch it if they were fully clothed either. Well, but see, but the, the, the nudity is distilled down to its fundamental core like that's all we are in this portrait of american capitalism like they distilled to its core we're just bodies that are whoring ourselves out to the to whatever sort of job it is that that we have right and this isn't an attack on capitalism or whatever but like this is this movie is you can't have an American movie like this set in Vegas and it and with some of these lines like um you know even toward the end I was paying you a compliment or you're uh I'm not a whore yes you're you're a whore what is it that uh, Gina Gershon says at the toward the end when they're having that awesome uh lunch in yeah Caesars and Gina Gershon says, uh, you know, you're a whore. And she, Nomi's response all the time is, I'm not a whore. And she says, we all are. We take the cash, we cash the check, we show the look they want to see. And if, and I think that that's, that's really getting at what this movie is all about. And it's a commentary, I think, on, on uh, American society. I know this sounds crazy and it's, I'm listening to it coming out of my mouth and people who are like, this movie is, dumb and stupid and and kind of ridiculously bad. No, I think it actually is smart in a way, but it is trashy and it's like relentlessly and fearlessly trashy. And I fucking love that. I see what you mean. Like when they auditioned for the part in the casino and then the guy's like, "Ah," you know, they're judging the body parts. No, your face is too whatever. Yeah. I kind of put this in amongst American Psycho, right? If American Psycho, the book, not the movie, I don't know uh, about the movie, but is a portrait of masculine insecurity and how what male identity means, then I think that this is doing the same thing. It is doing it just from the female perspective. Like this is female identity in this culture and being sort of the subject of that culture, but also having quite a bit of agency within it. Um, I'd like to know what the fuck you just smoked before you gave us that (laughs) parallel of American culture and showgirls. (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe... You must have had one of Jared Rice Krispie treats. 
Yeah, dude, you do sound higher than me. <laughs> but, but that's why I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I, I, I see that. Okay, so let me follow that up with saying that this movie, Verhoeven was the first recipient to show up at the Golden Raspberry Awards to accept seven awards, including worst director, worst movie, worst music, and worst acting, right? But he showed up because he embrace the the sort of joke about it but knowing yeah that- it became a big fucking joke when he won the worst the worst the worst the worst what else can you do is he gonna go out there and be like no listen this is what the movie is you guys are wrong or is he gonna embrace that and then put a new spin on it to try to be like we did this on purpose guys you didn't know that But see, here's why I think that there's merit to what he's saying, that this was intentional. For one, when when I watched this and the first time, you know, I went in not thinking this at all, prepared to just like be like, wow, what a disaster and everything. But it was as the story goes along. And then Gina Gershon and Elizabeth Berkley put their tits in your face. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. That helps. (laughs) Okay, I'll give you a scene. The idea that this was being played for genuine sentimentality is ridiculous right that there's no way that they don't know exactly what they're doing and that moment comes after um nomi has been part of this goddess show and the or stage manager comes and tells her that her mom and dad are here you remember this? And this yeah. is uh, Robert Davi, who ran the cheetah, and then the woman... The madam? Yeah, the This ma- is a great scene. It's hilarious, because it's being played over this sentimental music, and then at the end of the scene, as they're leaving, right? This is like mom and dad saying, oh, you did good, you did good. And then Robert Davi turns around, and he says... Must be weird not having anybody come on you. And it's said over the sentimental music. It's fucking hilarious. They know what they're doing. I I love this. I love it. I don't I don't even understand why they came to the Stardust in the first place. He was a fucking asshole to her when they worked. We never got to see any parts of them having a good relationship. And then they just, I mean, the woman being there, fine, but then they just turn up out of nowhere and they stay for like a minute and 30 seconds and then they're out of there. Well, it's all the Vegas. Like they're just like pretty much down the down the street. And, you know, see to me, no, things don't make a whole ton of sense, but that's not a problem when this movie is just such a bizarre portrait. Like, yeah, I have the same question. Like, I don't know why the fuck they showed up there. I don't care <laughs> when it's being played as these are her sort of surrogate parents in the movie who are coming to congratulate her. And, you know, it's this sentimental, like in a traditional Hollywood movie, this is the scene where like the parents show up and it's, tearjerker or whatever but just ending with the same music by the way but ending with it must be weird not having anybody come on you i fucking love it i don't know that strippers or people who dance i don't want to say like burlesque and i guess that is kind of what they did but yeah i mean usually with strippers and stuff like they're not inviting their parents to come watch the show Well, but this isn't, uh, excuse me, she's a dancer. And especially in the goddess show, she's a dancer. I mean, it's a topless review. I mean, that's. Yeah, that's not, I'm not, I'm not talking that. Yeah. I'm not talking stripping, but I don't think you, you might invite your parents to your burlesque show. 
you don't invite your parents to your 12:15 time slot at um cheerleaders. <laughs> Speaking of Vegas, my mother was a dancer. Yeah, I remember that. That's where she met George Clooney. Yeah, she met George Clooney. George Clooney wanted it. But I I didn't know I didn't know she was doing that till I was 17. Where did you think she worked? I don't know. I, I just didn't ask. I just thought she just banged rich guys. But I was like, why do you know all the white NHL players and dated a tight end? Whoa. Okay. What tight end? Uh, some tight end. I'm, I'm assuming he's a tight end because she dated some white guy in the NFL. So I'm like, it's it's it, it, probably not the kicker, but definitely definitely a tight end. Oh. <laughs> yeah, your mom's like, I'm not fucking a kicker. No, that's like dancing at the cheetah. She's like, I, I'm above that. Yeah, the kickers go to the cheetah. The tight ends, they go to the goddess. The kickers here. go home to their <laughs> wives. Yes. The dad from Stranger Things, Mike's dad, that's the kicker. That's what his oh. life looks like. He comes home from the game. He gets in the recliner. His wife goes and fucks a younger guy. So you have an issue with the acting in this. And... um are you aware of who was up for the role of Nomi? There are a few big names. When did what year did this movie come out? 1995. Well, I feel inclined to say that perhaps Sharon Stone could have been in the running just because they worked with her with Basic Instinct, but I'm not committed to that. Can't remember if she was. I have other names. Three others. Set the all-time Razzie record with 13 nominations. How about a Carmen Electra? Uh, nope. Good guess. These are actually... Uh, well, the one is going to be very obvious. Pamela Anderson. No, please. God. I mean, say what you will about Elizabeth Berkley. And again, this was the direction that she was given. I think she's great. And I I mean, I'm just like impressed watching her with this dancing and especially the private lap dance that she gives in the cheetah to Kyle McLaughlin. I've seen it now three times. Right, I, I just keep replaying. No, I, I've seen it three times because I watched it first originally for this, and then when we put it off, I'm like, well, because he couldn't get through to the end of it, he kept turning <laughs> it off. All of a sudden, I, like it's the Kevin Nealon joke. I get past that left end scene, and all of a sudden, I'm not interested anymore, not interested <laughs> at all. And I go out to the kitchen, I have a cookie, a glass of milk, and then I come back, and suddenly I'm interested again. <laughs> it's like. Oh, uh, that is the best Kevin Nealon. But that dance scene, that lap dance scene, when she is like collapsing backwards and then throwing herself up like from his lap, she's like leaning back and then whipping herself up, down and up and down. I'm like, how do you do that with not fucking up your back? I mean, it takes a lot core. of... Yeah, a lot, yeah, exactly. A lot, a lot of, core. of core muscle. I mean, she is she's a specimen in this movie. I mean, she's just I, I'm just impressed. I think she's I mean, that sort of athleticism. And yeah, the acting is kind of this vacancy, but that's what they were going for. And I think it's right for the part. I wouldn't want to see anybody else in it. I wouldn't want to see like any other actress in it, such as Charlize Theron. Oh, okay. She was up I for didn't... it. She didn't want to do it for the nudity. And then she fired her agent for even bringing it to her. <laughs> uh, yeah, because <laughs> probably, I mean, imagine reading this, just the script. Yeah. I. You are not like, wow. Oh. Yes. Let's make this movie. I disagree because at the uh, uh, the cheetah, when Robert Davi first brings in uh, uh, Penny and then tells her her name is Hope. <laughs> I and, get uh, you. 
and he says, "Oh, the oh, poor young ho." I'll get you used to the money, and then I'll make you swallow. Yes, and then her, just her look. Was he serious? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh yeah, and he's explaining the whole lap dance. You know, if they come on you and they give you a big tip, it's okay. Oh, it's so trashy. It's so good. But uh, the other ones who are up for Nomi, Madonna. That's the big one. Ah, uh, oh. nah, she would have sucked too. Yeah, I don't think I would have liked her. And I think that they were right when they said that they kind of didn't want a big name for it, that a big name would have been too distracting. And Madonna was actually willing, wanted to do it regardless of the nudity. She, But she wanted to have, um, to be able to rewrite parts of the script. And they were like, no. So that was good. Uh, and then Drew Barrymore. I swear to God, I was going to say Drew Barrymore, but I was like, nah, I couldn't see. I don't think that Drew Barrymore has the uh, dancing chops to pull that off, plus the height. Although Gina Gershon is short, but I feel like if you want to be a Vegas showgirl, you have to, I'm sure there's a height requirement. Is there? Oh, I don't know. To be like the review dancer like that, it's not like a rockette. I think they put them in heels and uh, because I okay. th- think dancers being short is kind of an advantage. Is it not? I could be wrong. I know no, like I the Rockettes, so. I think, have to be at least like 5'8 or 5'9. Did not know Interesting to know. I noticed that the comforter in what's her name's Molly's trailer, the bed, the day bed that they both share has the artwork of those plastic cups, those Dixie cups that you'd keep in your bathroom, and that fuck Jerry, that Instagram handle. Oh, yeah. The one with all those memes. Yeah. He's got this little green. It's like a little design that is that you would find on little Dixie cups that you'd keep in your bathroom. Oh, I remember and this those. Blanket, this blanket has the same design as that. And the one character who we're introduced to, we think that, Nomi and him are going to fall in love, and then he knocks a girl up, and we never see him again. Oh, yeah, he knocks up. Oh, that, oh yeah, he does. He knocks up DB's girl. That guy <laughs> is the dude that's driving the convertible in the movie Speed, that Keanu just like takes his, hijacks his car, and then gets up to the bus, and then just lets it crash. That's the oh. same actor. I think they would have been a good couple. Uh, well, I see, I disagree with that because what I love about this movie is that this movie sets up all of these common Hollywood movie tropes where, you know, he sees her for talent that she has and, and he they're going to get together, but she's resisting him. And then they're going to, he sees the value of her. He doesn't just see her for some sort of stripper or some sort of cheap lay, you know, and he loses his job, not because he's talking her up because she's a prostitute, but because he wants to talk to her. And then they they just shit all over it because yeah, I like that part. Yeah, he's a shitty person. He was just talking her out because he wanted to fuck her. He d- tells her that you know he I, I have this. I wrote this uh, song for you. This one's only for you. And then of course she goes over there, and then he's uh, sleeping with Penny because he told Penny the same damn thing. I yeah. love that. It sets it up like the moment you think it's going this way. A scene later, two scenes later, it just takes all that and jettisons it. And I, I, I love that about this movie. When they're in the club, uh, the way she's dancing in that nightclub, nobody dances like that in a nightclub. I don't know what the fuck she was doing. It was a laugh out loud moment for me. It was too much. And then he comes up and he's going to teach her how to dance. But then a fight breaks out. And while he's fighting someone, she has a shit-eaten grin on her face. 
Yes, that's what I mean. She's, she's pleased with herself. Yes. She's a terrible, she's an awful human being. She's, she, this is more like borderline uh, personality stuff where, you know, she just flies off the handle. She's not, not a fight broke out. She started the fight and she's satisfied that she caused this chaos. She's an agent of chaos and she loves it. She's pleased. Yes, she's pleased. But that camera movement, this scene is coming just after. She has just insulted Crystal Gershon, right? Yeah. Who she's only there because Molly, her friend that has taken her in, is taking her to see backstage. And she tells this woman, who's essentially the woman's boss, you don't know shit. And then storms out. And then again, is just like all throwing a tantrum. And then just <laughs> where Molly is like the codependent and saying, okay, I will forgive you. And I'm going to do this to cheer you back up, which is go to this club. And then the, the camera swoops in and you don't notice who it, you know, what's going on yet. And then it zooms in on her in this crazy fluorescent pink red dress crazy dance moves and i i just it was laugh out loud funny i was like that was i think the first moment where i like busted out laughing and was like really appreciating the humor in this movie one thing i will say is that her friend is like come on come meet her and jesse spano says no i don't want to and she insists, and then she don't like the way that she acted when she brought her in there. It's like, bitch, you met this girl. She's beaten the shit out of your car. For some unknown reason, you invite that to live with you. Mm -hmm. And now you're shocked. Not, not only do you bring her into your house, but here, come on and let's see if you can fuck up my livelihood <laughs> while we're at it. I know. Come meet everybody, crazy. Whose fault is that, though? You yeah, know, yeah, that, that's Molly's fault. I was on when that happened. I was like, Molly, you got nobody. Same as the rape, you got nobody but yourself to blame for oh, this. Oh, wait a minute! I don't go that far. I have to. We're, the money. The movie's funny. Oh, it was a funny. <laughs> well, it was an intentionally hilarious rape. <laughs> the rape itself wasn't funny uh no that no, was i really i actually couldn't even watch the rape oh you didn't you're like no no i did the old hands up over my eyes i couldn't i think i looked away yeah i, I have trouble with even though i love tarantino movies for the most part <laughs> even though you love rape uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, what is it? Is that's it's the male, male rape. That's okay. the blazing saddles joke. Rape, murder, arson, and rape. You said rape twice. <laughs> I like rape. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, with that scene, I love what it's saying, though, right? You think that you want to go and fuck the stars. In America, no, the stars fuck you. And this is the other thing that I also had written down and noted here about sort of what this movie's, like, sort of statement about American culture and American, like, quest for fame, our obsession with fame, right? So Nomi definitely is sort of a commentary on sort of American materialism and capitalism, but also just narcissism and that quest for fame. Like, there is no me outside of being known by everybody else and being a star. And if that requires dancing and, and taking off my clothes and dancing on stage, it doesn't matter because that gets me the money, right? And 
Uh, this to me, if you were to update this, she is like a representation of every Instagram model influencer. That's like Ooh. the modern Nomi. And this is like a scathing sort of portrait of it. And I, I love it. You know, it's just vacuous and all about me and, um, you know, whatever it takes to get there pushing Crystal down the stairs, which begs the question, and that's kind of how, I believe at the end we learned that that's how Crystal got the the role too, which yeah. we all saw that coming. Of course, that's how Crystal got the role. But it does kind of beg the question, when the fuck are they going to get these stairs out of here? They have now had two in a row, two stars in a row, be taken out by falling down the stairs under mysterious circumstances, but we still got to keep these long metal stairs up here. <laughs> right, the stairs are the uh, false meritocracy, right? And then it knocks you down when you're trying to get up. Well, I love the line from Gina Gershon uh, at the end, which, and again, it's not a coincidence when I talk about this movie, kind of knowing what it's doing. It's not a coincidence that they are having lunch in Caesars, right? A2, Brutus? Of course, that's like, this is oh. exactly what it is, right? And because she says, there's always someone younger and hungrier coming down the stairs after you. That's in the Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, when I think believe it's Caesar is commenting about Brutus, I can't remember. Brutus. It's been a while since I read it. Brutus but and Mark Anthony. Yeah, that they're 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 hungry. Like you got to watch out for the hungry ones, right? And that's exactly what this is. Like Nomi, Nomi lives not even. It's not even her trailer that she lives in. She lives in, a, but in a trailer and eats potato chips for meals as near as we can tell, <laughs> which is great. And dog food. Gets that body with potato chips. That that that, that was the biggest stretch. Yeah. What the. F- fuck was up with the dog food <laughs> i love it i love that conversation about the dog food because to me i was seeing it as a satire of the bechdel test okay we're gonna have two women in a scene who are going to have a conversation that isn't about men but it's just gonna be something as totally ridiculous and vapid as them talking about eating dog food. That's how I originally took it, but apparently um, this was stuff that the writer had gotten from talking and interviewing with a bunch of strippers in Vegas and learning that a lot of them came from places where they would have to eat dog food from time to time, I guess. Nice. Here's what I don't get. Gina Gershon pushed somebody down the steps so she could be the head bitch. How you ain't going to hold on to the railing when you're going down now? Oh, (laughs) be be looking over your shoulder, especially when the woman who you got, uh, you just screwed over from being your understudy is walking right behind you. You tripped her on stage in front of everybody. (laughs) I mean, at least let that bitch go in front of you. In the leather motorcycle dance routine. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Like every time we were cutting to one of these dance performances, it just got nuttier and nuttier. And that one was the climax. They're all another. It was becoming also very hard to uh, distinguish who is who, right? Because of all these costumes, you put on this this uh, costume, this persona to go out there. Again, there's like no core me. There's always just this 
this pretense that I'm putting up. I'm, I'm on stage. And I love this kind of idea that, you know, that's all we're doing. We're always like on stage. We're all in a way sort of lying. And I love the line too with the guy who wrote the song for her, the, the private dance song, who we thought was going to be the one who sees her for what she is and whatever. He's upset that she's now auditioning for Goddess and not dancing at Cheetah because he says, you know, at Cheetah, at least thing that he's saying that at least they're honest uh, at the cheetah, that they just want to see your tits here. They lie to you and tell you that they, they don't, but it's still the same thing. And then at the end of that scene where he says, come on, I'm going to get you the best meal in town. And then we jump cut to her in his car and she's eating a takeout hamburger. I mean, this movie knows what it's doing. I, I insist. It definitely does. I think what happened was we gave you too much time with this movie before we recorded it. <laughs> 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 and you have really gotten your hands dirty with it. The the time to let it percolate has only augmented my Oh, it's augmented reverence right. for it. Yes. Self quarantine's getting your it head. is ripe for the picking. Oh, I love when she goes to tell him something about getting the uh, uh, the part in the goddess show. And she goes, this is late at night when she's going to discover that he's uh, sleeping with Penny slash Hope. And they have the, the camera angle set up so that we see the Jesus is coming soon neon sign with the S that's flickering in and out i mean this is awesome just so trashy i love it because that is that is like vegas right i mean it is vegas though ah oh, god vegas. i hate vegas so much yeah, but it yeah. it is like uh it's it is a great sort of representation of uh, uh america and consumerism and materialism you know <laughs> How about when uh, Julie, the woman who is constantly getting into a fight with the uh, the other black woman dancer? Oh, the yeah. white girl with the dreads. Yes. Yeah, and then she puts like the ice or who was it? Ice. Yes. Yeah. She throws down the whatever the jewels, the plastic jewels are to to have her fall. But the reason she does that is it's been building up. But the the critical moment where she just decides like, oh, I'm gonna. Fuck you over is when her kids are backstage all of a sudden out of nowhere backstage with all these topless dancers there are these yeah. two kids who are dressed like they're straight out of the midwest and they are running around and they want to see the monkeys the they're not monkeys by the way they are chimps they're great apes kids chimps. but the kids backstage getting told to get the fuck out of here <laughs> That's an allegory for Las Vegas at the time, right? Not an allegory, but that's a that's a representation of uh, Las Vegas at the time, right? In the '90s, it was becoming like this family destination as opposed to this seedy, trashy destination, you know, where people would go to just indulge in all their vices. Um, but it was in the '90s when it started to become like a family destination, and that's sort of like the uh, I feel like the filmmakers set telling the kids to get the fuck out of here. This isn't for kids so i love that part a little inside joke is that <laughs> yeah i think so yeah yeah they want us to this pick up on movie it. just laced with these um <laughs> the kids the actual kids um here's my thing we need to we gotta to draw it back here yes this bitch threw rhinestones or beads whatever she threw from that was like part of the wardrobe 
yeah. onto the grounds. So she's this kind of a woman. She's got a couple kids that are hanging out in the dressing room. Do you mean to tell me that this these kids are crying because they're hearing someone say, get the fuck <laughs> out of here? This is like, they're used to, I, I'm surprised those kids aren't yelling fuck bombs yet. Like it, those yeah. kids, if she kidnapped those kids, those are not her children. <laughs> She's got ransom going right now. She's got another thing going. She kidnapped kids. A little side hustle. She has a ransom note that she wrote to the parents. So she's waiting in that for that money. And she this understudy thing comes out too. She'll be made in the shade. Uh, it's so interesting that that was your thought. That was my wife's thought too. She was very upset. She's like, what the fuck are these? Is this kid crying because she heard the F word? She hears the F word all the time. And I was like, I didn't thought of that. But I think it doesn't, again, like... For the for the filmmakers, it doesn't matter. They want to like represent like these innocent kids who come to Vegas and then are are crying because they hear the f word. And it's like, well, then get them the fuck out of here. This ain't that Vegas ain't for them. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. let me ask you something. Yeah, does she believe that this movie has all of these hidden meanings throughout it, and that they really went above and beyond to insert these little treats? For the viewer to ponder and find? I am still working on it. I'm uh, trying <laughs> okay. to... Yes. So that's a fuck no. It's an ongoing conversation. Yes. <laughs> it's funny you guys turned away from the rape scene. My uh, girlfriend at the time and I were watching it. And we were just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, like I, I was also feeling like this sense of humor where it's like yeah you want to go fuck the stars no the stars the stars in america they fuck you you're their bitch you think that you're getting one up on them like you're the one that gives them all of this and you bestow upon them this this power and it's interesting that then nomi is the one because she's immune to that in a way i know that sounds contradictory because she wants fame but she wants fame but she kind of knows like what a vacuum i think it all is and so she's the one to go and beat the shit out of him which is also very satisfying right that was great and yeah when she goes in and beats him off yeah but i'm sorry that doesn't happen come yeah. on no he's the big dude i don't give a fuck that she had a knife out he could have very easily overpowered her oh i don't i don't i would actually disagree with that oh i thought you were talking about just because of the guards or something like that would hear but no he she's uh she's a tall woman she is all muscle and That's true. she's a dancer she's fit yeah she's agile he's just a yeah. scrawny I, 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 dude I trained with female fighters before uh, before a professional fight, and even if you're they're more skilled than you, you you kind of just like overwhelm them with your strength. She, but she's taller than him too. I got the sense that uh, even, even like yeah, in, but the the weight is like the advantage. It's just like even if you're similar height, you're you're just fat. Yeah, there's just something that dudes have. It's not fucking fair, but it's just, it is, it's true. Yeah, I, I, I've experienced it. I'm taller than Jared, and Jared would probably whoop my ass. I'd have to verbally punk him fucking down. <laughs> destroy his ego so that he would not make physical contact. Yeah. we started grappling. Say, I talk would... about my penis, and then say you're not going to make it, and then <laughs> I'm dead. 
Jared's got the training, though. I mean, you fought MMA. You have some martial arts training, so that yeah, I trained with a professional fighter before her fight because I'm I'm closer to size and stature. But it was like I I felt like I was in control the whole time. I'd like to hear her side of it. Yeah. Toxic masculinity rears its ugly head again. <laughs> yeah, dude, I kicked her in the head. Like, she said, thank you. Helped her. That's good. That was good. That was just as she was coming out of the bathroom. She wasn't even expecting. That was a little, little she bit. She was much. sleeping. In fact, yeah. <laughs> I whooped her ass. Came up from behind her while she was sipping coffee and just nailed her in the head. I was like, what? You couldn't even block she dropped that. Like a little bitch. <laughs> I was in control the whole time. <laughs> when she slashed Andrew, I, I thought they were going to do the thing. Remember Basic Instinct where, where she used the ice pick? Yeah. Oh, so you thought she was going to oh, use the yeah. ice pick there. Well, they can't do the same thing. Well, I thought well, it was you know, homage or something. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I and I wouldn't argue they can't do the same thing. They went completely fucking rogue on this film. They could have done whatever they wanted. So one of the things that they did mention, and that I'm glad that they didn't do, is that in retrospect, uh, Verhoeven has said that they should have made it similar in a way to Basic Instinct. They should have included like a murder mystery in here to drive the plot along. But to me personally, again, because I'm such a fan of this movie, I think that that would have kind of cheapened it a little bit. I like the fact that there's a very flimsy, or that this plot is really uh, mimicking All About Eve. Uh, if you've ever seen that, but it's sort of the same thing. The understudy taking the place of Betty Davis, right? Who's the the star. Uh, that's a fantastic movie. But this is kind of like a trashy, updated 90s version of that with strippers. And I, I just, I, I love it. I think, uh, I, I think it's great. <laughs> I guess I just preferred the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, trashy, let me take you out to be the star. That's a great... Uh, comparison too, right? Never thought of that. That's but around yeah. the same era. Yeah. That was 94. 94, okay, yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, I was Little Miss New Jersey when that all went down. <laughs> oh, wow. So, of course, I started to get nervous about my <laughs> oh. competition as <laughs> yeah, well. You, you, you got to watch your back. <laughs> Do you, you let them go down the stairs first. <laughs> we got a uh, We got a bodyguard for me. There you go. You got your cousin, Vinny. Got an answer. Oh. <laughs> so some of my favorite scenes are definitely toward the beginning when we're backstage. Oh, not, not actually not just at the beginning, but even at backstage at the Goddess Show. All of the backstage stuff I love, especially with the Julie again and this woman, uh, this uh, black woman who go at it. And they scream, you fucked the pizza guy or something. And then she screams back at her, you fucked the meter reader. <laughs> I want that story <laughs> so bad. I love it. <laughs> you fucked the meter reader. I missed that scene. I don't remember that. Oh, that's when the chimps come through. I don't remember the chimps either. What else has happened? And I must not have been looking at the TV when this part was on. When the chimps came in, there was a lot going on in that scene. Yeah, it's so frenetic, like but the backstage stuff. And they tried to do that in Hustlers. This is where coming out of Hustlers and watching this, I was like, whoa, my God, this is so much better 
than Hustlers. Even the backstage stuff. Like there was kind of like that one scene at the beginning of, of Hustlers and that was with uh, Cardi B and the, the dildo, which was funny because Cardi B's charming and she's great. But this is like there's so much more movement. There's so much more going on at, in these backstage uh, places, even at the Cheetah. I love the backstage stuff at the Cheetah, of course, because you get the great Robert Davi lines there. But here, yeah, with the chimps coming through and, and the arguments between Julie and that other woman are just fucking awesome and like there's a, a ton of extra work in there and movement and the camera is moving i think it's really yeah good. but hustlers isn't isn't set in the strip club that's not where the point of view is coming from your hustlers is they're meeting these dudes out they're drugging them and they're fucking robbing them so they're not like they're not hanging backstage but they start backstage they start at the strip club i know but i'm saying like that there wasn't as much to they all kind of had to happen in one scene backstage for hustlers yeah i still hold it against it <laughs> I think, like in comparison <laughs> to this movie, this movie is so. How about the um, Hustlers? True though. <laughs> true-ish. Even you were pointing true-ish. out. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. I know the movie. I'm just saying the story behind it is a true story. Well, this is based on a true story too. <laughs> <laughs> it's about our society, right? Do That's you- right. <laughs> it's based on the reality we all live day to day, and hustlers can't say that. It's about capitalism, and we're all whores. And, and when you have sex with the meter guy, that means you're not having sex with the right socioeconomic class. <laughs> you right. fuck the executive, like Kyle McLaughlin's character. He's the director. When I first saw him in here, I had forgotten that he was in this movie. So the first time watching it, I was like, oh my God, Dale Cooper. This is only a few years out from you know the height of Twin Peaks so here's Cloud. oh my dude this is like his first major role outside of Twin after oh wait a minute <laughs> cause when I saw him uh-huh. I saw Trey McDougal from Sex oh. in the City oh, oh he, he was, was Trey McDougal but also I knew him as being the little fuck face from the Flintstones movie Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. <laughs> right. But now I forgot about Twin Peaks because I never watched it. But you, this, it just full circle. It all makes fucking sense now. That's why you are like deep throat in this movie <laughs> because your boy's in it too. And there's titties. It's like <laughs> everything that you, it, it's like a movie that you dreamed up and it's all here. And by the way, just fantastic tits throughout. Great tits. Nobody had a weird set. No. <laughs> Well, except for the mom, the madam, the matron, whatever. Those were... Oh, mama? Well, they weren't weird for her body, though. I guess. I guess that's right. Yeah. I think it's it's more strange when you see someone who has a pair of tits that you're like, what the fuck? Where she goes out with her tits and just starts, like, roasting everybody. Yeah, and I love her routines. Her routines yeah. are fucking great. And and they're self-deprecating, too. I love it. They're just, like, embracing, like... And that's another thing about this oh, movie. Oh, I heard a joke. I heard a joke while on this one what do you call those annoying what do you call the useless uh flap of skin around a vagina yeah a woman (laughs) 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 so these are and i love she's telling the guy who said something to her and he she's saying like oh you couldn't find it i'd have to pee on you to for you to find where my (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) it's just like you couldn't find it through all those wrinkles and folds yeah and i love the fact that this movie is like people aren't 
aren't victims. Yes, Molly is is the victim at the end, but we're not making that like hustlers. Oh, we always have to be reminded that these women are victims, and this is why they're doing this, and that they're you know they're they're going after these awful you know rich white guys, and this is why this this is okay, and like this movie is just like fuck it all. Everybody's trash, like you know, and and we're gonna embrace it, and there's no hand holding, and obviously there's it. It's gritty and, and trashy, and I love, I like that. I like that it just doesn't care about a moral center. I definitely more enjoyed while she was working at that club with her mom and dad. Yeah. Fatty and fucking creep face. Um, I love when he's like, where the fuck were you last night? And she says, <laughs> I have my period. You don't want me to bleed on everybody, do you? <laughs> And then when she this she gets her period a lot. She reminds me of myself. Um, <laughs> oh, you can identify with Nomi. <laughs> after she is dry humping the dude from Speed, she tells him, I can't have sex with you. I'm on my period. And he says, yeah, right. And she says, check. And he does. Yep. Then he's like rubbing his fingers. And then he says, when I he, have towels. When he was rubbing his fingers, I said, I swear to God, if he put... Those fingers <laughs> to his nose. I am fucking out of here. <laughs> but what else are you supposed to? That's the instinctual thing to done. do. <laughs> I will be done if those hands go to fing to mouth or nose. I'm done. They were definitely into double-digit number of takes because he kept instinctually doing it. No, stop, cut. You're not supposed to smell your fingers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, that's, that's true. Oh, that was so rubbing bad. the fingers afterward was the part that was like, okay, now you just took it too far. Yeah, no, they're going, they're going as far as they want to. Who cares? There's no guardrails. I love it. But the meat of the movie, like her being at that stardust, I just couldn't with those people. Another great Kyle McLaughlin moment. Again, going back to how it sets up that there's going to be a likable character in here, right? We already know that the, uh, the the guy who wanted to teach her how to dance, we set him up as he's going to be the one who's the the, the hero and, and the good character. No, he's just uh, looking to, you know, uh, well, he says, like, you know, he doesn't get paid for his music, so he just, can he touch some pussy? <laughs> <laughs> fucking love but you kind of hear it and you're like yeah okay yeah he, he well i i'll also argue that it. too like let's say that he really did like her more than just wanting to fuck her like if he was like no i do like this girl but she's like well not yet and whatever and then he goes and has sex with this other girl i think that's like very realistic and doesn't mean that he also didn't but you got fucking caught, dude, and that's not a good way to come out of the gate. Well, as he said, he's got a pussy problem, always has and always will. <laughs> Did he say that? I missed that part, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like... <laughs> so, yeah, he gets dispensed with as the good character, the, the good sort of quote-unquote moral character in a Hollywood movie. And then Kyle MacLachlan, when you, just when you think that maybe he's good because, you know, she goes out to this uh, boat show right she's gonna be there standing to help you know showcase the boats or whatever as part of the stardust and then discovers like oh no it's also you're gonna go up to the room and you're gonna have sex with the the asian
Asian businessmen, right? And yeah. she goes and tells Kyle McLaughlin's character, and you know he's upset, and he gets on the phone and he chews out that guy, and well tells him to come down, and then chews him out in front of her, and then sends him off. And oh, okay, so Kyle McLaughlin's on a decent guy, I guess he's gonna be defending her. And then as soon as she walks away, he gets on the phone and tells the guy to get the fuck back down here, and he's laughing because the whole thing was just a a, a sham for Nomi's benefit. Right. I, yeah. it, so it just that it does that at every turn. It, it sets up, oh, you think this character is good? Nope. This character is a piece of shit, too. <laughs> I mean, that's what I find refreshing is everyone's such a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Especially coming off Tiger King. We're just rolling with it now. Yeah. The last two things we reviewed has just been everyone's a piece of shit. <laughs> Although at least with Tiger King, it was real people in here. It's it says uh, it's a statement, something about uh, American it's an allegory society. to our uh, society, <laughs> American culture. Oh my god! <laughs> I just wanted to make Aaron like cringe. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. But going back to like the the initial auditions for the goddess show and the producer who's the prick right and he begins by you know telling everybody i don't care if you live or die i only care about the show right that is essentially what we are here in the like sort of no matter what we do in the american workforce it's all about just the show about the product right we're kind of just like these these uh, cogs in the machine. And again, not an indictment of that, but just kind of, it's just illustrating that that's what you are. You have these illusions that you are somehow more important, but you're not. It's just always in service of the show. And you're, you're kind of, you're replaceable too, right? Yeah. So there you go. How cold and meaningless everything is. Yeah, I see, I see your point. It's a bleak movie, except insofar as at the end, She's going to abandon it all. There's something like there is some sort of like an arc for Nomi where, you know, she gets back. I love the fact that when she's hitchhiking at the end, she gets picked up by the same guy at the as at the beginning, which, again, it's just like this kind of surreal world. And it is surreal. And he's like almost like an Elvis impersonator, which I fucking love. And um, he says, did you did you win anything? And she takes out the glasses and she says me. <laughs> but it's kind of like almost true right because she's just a they drive past her face on the billboard and she's just gonna abandon it and go to los angeles now which is great because you know las vegas to los angeles it's just another sort of seat of fame where everybody's artificial and you know just intent on building their own identity their own fame you know this is like the land of plastic surgery and uh, stardom so <laughs> Too bad Mrs. Voorhees didn't scoop her up. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I liked the ginger fella, the choreographer. Oh, yes. Okay. So did you guys recognize him? Yes, but I don't know why I know him, but I know I know him. He looks familiar. Give me like a little hint. Uh, a sitcom. Modern Family? 90s sitcom. We actually mentioned it, I think, last week or the last week, the last show or the show before when we were talking about how well it holds up. Oh, God, for me, I feel like it would be Golden Girls. Seinfeld? Jared got it. Seinfeld. He's almost playing the exact same character 
in Seinfeld. So now the question is, does Showgirls exist in the same cinematic universe as Seinfeld? And I love that idea. I can't believe you said the word cinematic universe. (laughs) I am appalled. (laughs) His name is, uh, this actor is Patrick Bristow. He comes from an episode of Seinfeld called The Wigmaster. He's in The Wigmaster and he plays sort of the same thing. He does the wigs for one of the Broadway shows or something. And Jerry is somehow dating someone connected to it or something. Yes. And he doesn't, he dislikes it because when they're out to lunch and then somebody leaves early, so it's just he and uh, Jerry, and then uh, a man comes up and they start kind of flirting with each other. And Jerry's upset because how did you know? Yeah. Why How? Why would you assume that we're not together? Yes. And the same thing <laughs> happens when he's with Elaine somewhere. Another guy hits on Elaine and he's like, how does he know I'm not your boyfriend? <laughs> Yeah, yes. so it's him. And I thought he might, I was so certain like that he was actually wearing the same sweater in the Seinfeld episode that they were doing an homage. But I, I couldn't I couldn't find that. And I don't there think- is no fucking way that there is a homage happening between showgirls and Seinfeld. But I think they are because they have him playing the exact Seinfeld same- doesn't know about it. What's the deal with showgirls? <laughs> There's no proof, but uh, I just feel like because he's playing like the exact same personality and character, it feels like. Was Gina Gershon ever a guest on Seinfeld? I can't picture her as one, but was, does anybody else have it? I don't have that. I, 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 I can look. I'm looking it up right now. If Gina Gershon was a, a guest on Seinfeld before this movie was made, I will maybe concede that you may have just a shred of something, but you better find some real tangible facts to support it. Wow, 95. This would have been in the middle of Seinfeld's run, I guess. Yeah, because it went off in 98. Is that right? Yeah, I'm looking at all the TV stuff. I don't see. She was on Ellen. Oh, she was on Ellen? Ugh, who cares? This is our second Gina Gershon movie. What was our first one? Cocktail. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think she's awesome in this. And just the fact that she's able to do a lot of these these physical stuff. And she's just like cut. And her presence, especially in that, the scene, of course, in the uh, when they have lunch at Caesars. And she has the whole thing about we're, uh, we're all whores. But I love after she gets her removed from being her understudy and then uh, Nomi is walking back to, you know, her mirror, her her uh, chair and mirror. And then uh, Gershon is just sitting on it. And then she says, oh, would you like to do my nails now? <laughs> I thought about it, darling. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Let me ask you guys this. Uh-huh. Gershon or Jesse Spano? Who is Jesse Spano? I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. The fucking lead. Nomi. Oh, that's... She's Jesse Spano in Saved by the Bell. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that was her... She was trying to go to a more mature role. Oh, she got it. She got it. Her career. <laughs> that's an interesting question. Because it sometimes depends from scene to scene. Because there's there's a scene when Nomi is first auditioning. And Gershon comes in with like that halter top. And then it's got like this chain, this gold loop thing around her waist. It's just, She's smoking. Um, there's so many scenes in here too, where, uh, Nomi is smoking hot too. I don't know. That would be a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Nomi. I'm going to go Nomi. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with, um, Crystal. Yeah, I would go, I would go Crystal as well. You would. Yeah, you're, you're not going to be bored. Gershon over Jesse Spano. Fuck yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I like when guys or girls have those like little moles on their faces. Okay. I like that trait on a person. I always wanted it for myself, but God had other plans for me. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's, Little Miss Jersey. No potential skin cancer <laughs> for you. Sorry. Well, it would have been worth it. <laughs> okay. Her, I will say her lips, Gershon's lips, I'm just remembering her even sipping on the champagne when they're out to lunch. And then after that, when they go back to the stardust and they're they have that you know one-on-one dance routine and yeah gershon has fantastic lips they're like very defined right yeah and she kind of like yeah she likes like contorting the one side up a little bit just like that looks so snotty i fucking love little that. elvis action yeah and uh, Jesse Spano, I can't, I know me is just a fucking ridiculous name and i refuse to say it <laughs> her lips I mean, she is a, I would love to have her lips, but they were definitely really going up above it with the lip liner to increase the size of them. Oh. Probably to keep up with Gina's. Okay. Yeah. It's not like huge, but more, you could definitely tell. There, there are a lot of close-ups in this movie. Like, yeah, they're they're both beautiful, and they. But it's it's sad that Berkeley's career after this, nobody wanted to you know hire her because this kind of ruined her career. And I don't think that would happen today. I believe that she is in real life, or if it's not in real life, she is incapable of not bringing it onto screen. She is shrill shrill it's off-putting she was the same way on saved by the bell she's just even on saved by the bell she wasn't like this ruthless she was like a feminist and like an animal lover and all of these things but she's just there's something about her that is just not embraceable hmm. i know she's like had guest appearances and like stuff like csi although i guess everybody eventually has a guest role on yeah CSI. you gotta do csi and you gotta do star trek <laughs> yeah, one of them, right? I would be interested to see her in another role to see how much of this was kind of choreographed it's, versus... She has no soul when she's <laughs> acting. Like, I don't mean soul. Like, I mean, just like there's no passion or soul put into what it is that she's doing. If there is, it doesn't translate. She's an empty vessel. <laughs> and I mean, I, I can't disagree with that, uh, not having seen. I never felt like you just couldn't ever be in her shoes. Yeah. Uh, well. In this movie. And then definitely in Saved by the Bell, I couldn't fucking stand her. What character is she like? In, I never really watched Saved by the Bell. Was she liking that? Well, she was dating A.C. Slater. Oh. And she was a feminist. She was nerd. They definitely wanted to get her up in that shit. Okay. Yeah, she was just fucking annoying. She was always like, you know, she was, she'd be like the first one to be on Facebook with the, you know, she was hashtag blessed before everybody oh, else was. God. Yeah, I can't stand that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see 
Elizabeth Berkeley and something else to have like a frame of reference because I think whatever it is, if what you're saying is correct, at least plugged into this movie, I feel like it worked really well. Like it was kind of like perfect for this character who's unlikable and the fact that, yeah, you didn't uh, like or identify with her. They weren't going for that. So it kind of, um, that kind of works. Now, although as I say this, in a previous episode of ours, and I can't remember which one, this topic of Saved by the Bell came up and I said, well, I had never watched any of that shit my brother called me after listening to it to tell me that uh what the fuck am i talking about i used to watch it all the time <laughs> and i used to get upset <laughs> i used to get upset when he would try to change the channel and, but i don't remember at all i can vaguely remember maybe one part of an episode maybe i just remember kids in the in a hallway and it was like definitely saved by the bell if it's true, if he's remembering correctly, then that says a whole lot about how bad Saved by the Bell was that I used to watch it all the time and I can't even remember ever having fucking seen it or my brother's just misremembering. But I don't remember a damn thing about any of it. I can't remember any of the names of the characters. So, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I would hope that you're wrong, but I don't know. I can't say. like, But maybe maybe she's not very good, but just in this role she was good. It worked. Here's what I think it is. I just don't think her acting chops have a far range. I mean, she started acting, she was a child actor on Saved by the Bell. I mean, child, who knows? She could have been 16 or 17, which is still a child, but like that could have been when she started and for all we know, she was in her 20s when she was filming Saved by the Bell. Mm -hmm. But she was young. Nonetheless, she was young. I don't think she is a very good actress. And I think if you had a better actress in that role, then you could have been like Molly was with that. Yes, I know she pushed her down the steps, but I don't believe that Molly was going because she's like, I'm going to fuck Andrew. Like, I think, yeah, she was planning on fucking him. But also that at the end of the day, that was her girl. Like, that was her friend. And the other girl wasn't, she did wardrobe for her. She wasn't like homegirls with the other one. So she's like, this is my friend. Yeah, she did a fucked up thing. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to get thing. over it. <laughs> But that's as crazy. That's how shallow Molly is too. In the end, I mean, a fucked up thing is like putting somebody is in the that hospital shallow or for is a that year. A good friend. No, no, that's shallow. Come on, because that's like that's looking the other way at a sociopath who is going to inflict violence on somebody and put him in a hospital for a year with like a broken hip uh, and ruin their career. Oh no, come on, that's not like a good friend. That that's uh. Did you consider that she was worried about her own safety? Uh, well, but again, but then you you go, go about getting the fuck away from her, not saying like, oh, you're going to get me into a party so that I can try to fuck the star I've always uh, dreamed of. Well, then I guess everything is cool. I just think that if a different actress portrayed her, you might be able to get a little bit more from the audience where they would have this like... Um, empathy yes and empathy but like a conflicted an internal conflict about what to make of this character because she's fucked up but then on this other level you kind of like have the sympathy for her or she's endearing in some certain way mm, I, don't, I don't want her to be endearing i don't think she needs to be because well, I think generally everyone's just cutthroat well yeah but because so when she goes and kicks the the dude's ass I feel like 
we could have walked away with a different feeling about her after she did that. That could have been like a wow. But it was just so, you didn't even get, I didn't even get any tingles when she kicked a dude's ass. Usually that would thrill me. Oh, you didn't, you didn't get a thrill out of that? I did. No, I didn't. The rapist getting his comeuppance? That's what I'm saying. I should have felt more. And then she goes and lays in the hospital bed with some raggedy ass fucking dirty stuffed animal. Which was, uh, had already been uh, shown, I guess, back in the trailer. I remember noticing it the second time through. Yeah. And then her just saying, I just went and kicked his ass. And then she's out of there, which is fine, but mm, no, I was glad to see her go. But again, she's not supposed to be likable. She's like represents, uh, you know, American ambition. Uh, she's just shamelessly whoring herself <laughs> out to anyone and everything uh, just to get there. And then even when she has it, just, just doesn't even doesn't even need it anymore. That's why I think she's like an Instagram model influencer. Man, she should play something where she's like a yoga teacher, just like post constantly or something. <laughs> that would be great. Roll for her. I want to see her do something dramatic. Yeah. Well. I, you know what? I, I don't believe she can do anything dramatic. I don't think she can do comedic either. I mean, I just don't think she's a good actress. I think she fucking sucks. I'm sorry, Elizabeth, if you're listening. Like, yeah, who the fuck am I exactly? But she is not a good actress. Terrible. Don't worry, Elizabeth. Don't worry. I'm going to turn her mic off in just a second here. We don't need to hear that. Because, Elizabeth, what I want you to know is that I'm here. I'm a shoulder to cry on. What I want you to know is you got a great set of tits, and I give this movie two thumbs up, and I actually spent the last three weeks coming up with all these different ideas about how this movie could be great. It's and and it is great. And she has uh, appeared at Hollywood Forever Cemetery where they have shown this. I guess back in 2015, oh, for the 20th anniversary, they showed this at, you know, one of the summer outdoor movie events and which again is like more credit to this movie that this the reception has kind of come around to being like, you know, this wasn't as bad as it was made out to be, especially in light of like a lot of the movies, you know, that are even being made today. Like this movie is yeah, it's a it's an exploitation movie, a sexploitation movie, but it's like clever and it kind of knows what it's doing. And yeah, it's gratuitous. It's over the top, but it's not terrible. And she talked about how, you know, yeah, this movie tanked her career and it's un- unfortunate. And again, I guess you're making the argument that maybe this didn't tank her career, but the fact that she's not, you know, very versatile actress, which could be totally true too, but it does seem like, she did kind of get blacklisted and not even like received because the reception of this was so against it. Jennifer Lawrence just popped into my head. Okay. I feel like if Jennifer Lawrence played this role, there could be, I don't know that this would tank someone like that's career. I'm trying to picture Jennifer Lawrence. I like Jennifer Lawrence. She's a great actress. She's great. I don't see her. I think it needs somebody like this. I think, I, I don't know. But no, I, I'm not, I'm, fuck the movie. I'm talking about the actress's career. Her depiction of this character, nobody was like, wow, we're blown away by her. We got to get her in our next feature film. They weren't like, we're not going to use her because she had titties out. I mean, everyone in the movie had titties out. Gina Gershon didn't lose her career because of that. It's like she sucked, and that's what tanked her career. (laughs) Don't listen to her, Elizabeth. It's fine. 
You were, no, Elizabeth, you were listen to me now. <laughs> I already made my apologies. I acknowledge that I've never been in a movie. You're better, but you're still not good. You do make an interesting point about Gershon. Um, I don't recall what I read about any the difficulties that she had. I think she did still have some difficulty, but I think she but you're right that she didn't she didn't bear the brunt of it. She got just as big a roles as she had gotten leading up to that point. Is it because partly too that Berkeley was coming off of such a wholesome show like Saved by the Bell and it was the first time like I knew that this movie was going to have nudity in it but when it gets to like their first striptease and then when it gets to the private lap dance with uh, McLaughlin and I was just like holy shit this is the girl from Saved by the Bell <laughs> this is just unbelievable so i think it's it's somewhat to do with that and and i think to your point about jennifer lawrence is that yeah i think if to be made today that it wouldn't tank a career because again you would face if it were to it face all the backlash about why are you treating this woman this way just because she did this movie where she was willing to go nude full nude that is wrong. You know, I would, I would, I would agree but, with that. But okay, you brought up the scene where she basically fucks Kyle MacLachlan. Yeah. Yeah. In the dry, in dry humps him to climax. It's good choreography. Yeah. And then, and then the scene in the pool. Oh, that's awesome. I love that scene. It's awesome if you are trying to come and you're masturbating. Those are great scenes. That is not, it's, it's classless. It is, but I think it keeps it keeps turning it up. The reason why I love the pool scene, and interestingly, that's the scene that Quentin Tarantino thinks should have been cut. I'm not exactly sure why I didn't I didn't come across that. Apparently, it's in his book. But I, the reason why I love that because that was another laugh out loud scene. Because here it is. It's this again, kind of a cliche romantic uh, sex scene that just keeps getting wilder and wilder until all of a sudden she's just thrashing around in the pool. Like it's I, it was so ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, it's so ridiculous because I they're just I, I feel making fun of these sentimental sex scenes in movies. And this it's just it, turning it up, 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 up. It's like a dial until it's, it's just like, it's at 10 and she's just splashing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's funny. I do not think they were turning anything up with being funny. I believe that they thought they were making a sexy movie. That is that is what it looked like they thought they were doing when I'm watching this. Well, Unsuccessfully. But that's what it looked like to me. And also, I think a lot of actresses, when they read stuff like that, fuck coming off of a wholesome show. Because if you come off of a wholesome show, you could go into something where you play a really seedy character. But if you do it well, that just right there cements what an amazing actress or actor you are because of 180 degrees different from where you were. I don't I don't think any actress would sign on to play that where she's whipping around in the pool like that. That was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's so great, though. Unless we're talking about it being a porno. If it's a porno, yeah, of course, it's exactly where it belongs. But this is not a, a movie that you're trying to like start a, a career on. To your point about th they were trying to go for a really sexy scene, but they know how to make that because they did that. These are this is the same writer and director as Basic Instinct, right? Which is a has like very hot sex scenes, right? 
so they know how to do it right. So then the question is like, why are they doing it so like over the top here? And it's because it's it's the the theme and the that they're going for here that everything is over the top and just garish and and kind of ridiculous. So I would, I would that would be my counterpoint to that to uh, support the point that you made about uh, fuck coming off a wholesome show, you know, because a good actor or actress could do that. I would submit, speaking of Quentin Tarantino, uh, John Travolta in Pulp Fiction, right? He's always a wholesome guy coming off of, you know, from the, the 80s. Yeah, he'd done movies. He did The Boy in the Bubble. Um, he was what, I can't remember what the TV show was, but right, he was he was a wholesome guy. And then here he is, his career is being resurrected by Quentin Tarantino in Pulp Fiction to play a heroin addict killer, right? So I, I would s- submit that to your point as support for that. Yeah, I, I just think that it's... If that's what they're going for, the okay, sure. The ba- Basic Instinct is a great movie. So, okay, fine. You say they know how to do it right. But my whole thing is that they did not, they didn't paint with the same brush throughout the movie because it, that was not clear in the in the entirety. I don't feel that. I think what you had to do is go back and watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> We should all have a uh, uh, a showgirls watch party during this uh, lockdown because we are still about a month out at least for California being on on lockdown. I don't think we're opening up May first. We're recording this, by the way, just a uh, day after Easter. I'm not sure when this one will come out, but um, some can... of you might be Jews. It's April thirteenth. <laughs> yeah, it's Passover. Oh, Jared's a Jew. Sorry for Jared's people. Yeah, it's April thirteenth. Which uh, I celebrated Easter yesterday by watching this movie again. So that's going to become an Easter tradition in our family. <laughs> the resurrection. I got my period. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, the, the blood turning into wine. Here it is. Any uh, last comment? I mean, because I could talk about this for, you know, the rest of the quarantine lockdown, like nonstop. I really like this movie. <laughs> I, I almost feel like we have to do a two-parter on this because i i just can't believe some of the shit i've heard come out of your mouth tonight about this movie <laughs> oh about the symbolism and what this movie is talking about i just am like beside myself <laughs> i know i know and i know it sounds crazy coming out of my mouth i want to i want to after this episode drops and i listen to that I'll have notes from that, and we'll come back. <laughs> we'll sit back down at the Stardust table. More than happy to do it. It'll be an excuse to watch the movie again in preparation for it. Yeah. I think Elizabeth Berkley, when she was growing up, I'll bet you she was going to dance class, and her mom was running her all these auditions and what have you. But at the end of the day, in her true heart, she probably was a dancer. That's probably what she got the most joy out of. I thought you were going to say stripper. <laughs> no, no, no. Like she probably yeah, was. Really- I mean, obviously, she's a great dancer. You can tell that's her dancing. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's been training her whole life up to that point. Yeah. So I'm just saying she probably, had she stuck with the dancing, maybe she would have had to adopt a little 
eating disorder once she got a little later into her 20s. Well, I think Nomi definitely has an eating disorder. She could have been. Yeah. For all I know, she already had the eating disorder. So good. She knows how to have an eating disorder to keep trim because that's going to be important for being a dancer. And then she could have just been in the nutcracker and things of that nature. Well, I will say, having seen pictures of her today, she looks fantastic. She has aged very She kept her figure? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good for her. I saw her getting bottom heavy. I'm glad she kept it together. Yeah. Well, I just pictured she'd squeeze out a few pups and then... Um, Don't you be talking trash. Not bottom heavy for the world, but bottom heavy for what we just saw. Oh, okay. Sure. Don't be, don't be talking smack about my uh, Elizabeth. <laughs> or, or Liz, as I call her. <laughs> I can't wait to watch the porno release of DB, <laughs> Liz, and that bitch Carol Baskin. <laughs> That's a threesome. In the Eiffel Tower pegging. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. I'm glad there was an Eiffel Tower reference. We've been talking for a while, and let's get on to our grades for this movie. I mean, I don't have as big of an opinion about it. I'll give it a C. <laughs> I, like how, I like how everyone's just a piece of shit, and, you know, it's not easy to predict what's going on. So I, I like that, but dude, some of it's just, like, a little bit over the top for me. Okay, fair enough. I will agree with you on that, Jared, about how it is funnier that they're not woke in this circumstance. I'm glad they're still asleep. Yeah. (laughs) What grade would you give it? Oh, A plus, of course. I loved it. (laughs) I'm going to give it a D because I'd still rather watch this before I'd have to watch Thrashers again or Thrashing, whatever the fuck that movie was called. Thrashing. Yeah, this is better than that. Better than that. But I think it's just a step above it from all the movies that we watched so far. Maybe Lords of Dogtown, then Showgirls. That's how I'm going. All right. So one C and one D. And I mean, I know that this is going to come as no shock, but I'm giving this movie an A. This movie is one of my all-time favorite movies. I've now watched it three times, and I still get pulled in. I find it entertaining, not just for the the tits, but I find it funny. I find it... um... But also for the ass. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, go bring up the ass. (laughs) See, a lot of people... A lot of people overlook the ass in this movie, and it just... That saddens me. It really does. But it's not an A+. I'm not crazy. You know, I think it's it is it is two hours and ten minutes or something. I think you could have it shaved. It was fucking long. Yeah, you could have shaved like yeah ten minutes from some of it. But it but even though it's long, it does go by pretty quickly, and it, it it's just fun because all of those minutes are just kind of crazy and bonkers. DB, you have to tell people how you watched it. Did you watch it? You watched it on Blu-ray. I watched it on Blu-ray, which is great. It has a great picture. It looks it looks fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to give it an A, like a solid A. It is, uh, I think, better than people remember it if you saw it in the 90s. It's not. If you come, <laughs> if you come at it, you got to... 
give it give it a chance and if you've never seen it because you've always heard it's so bad i mean know what you're getting into it is an nc-17 movie it is gratuitous i think i it came up in uh, a text thread with my brother and my dad and my dad said oh i've heard it was always so bad maybe i'll give it a shot and i'm just kind of waiting for him to find this movie and then text me and say that he turned it off in the first 20 minutes because <laughs> it's i i feel like at about the time when they're backstage at the cheetah and robert davi is explaining um, um, it, what to do when the customers come on you that my dad <laughs> would turn it off. So I think it's great. Worth a watch. Dad sounds like a gentleman. Yeah. So we've usually been pretty close with our grades, but uh, this one, uh, we have a lot of divergence. And um, showgirls. And you. Um, I feel, and and I you. feel like... <laughs> I feel like taking back my recommendation of Hustlers after seeing this, not knowing what was coming next. Uh, I want to take it back. I retract it. And I feel like if that we should have replaced uh, or mo- maybe moving forward, if we do want to like round out this, this stripper double feature that we should do strip tease, but then it would be like a step down. Like we already reached, we reached the pinnacle of stripper movies here with Showgirls. So. We are not doing another stripper movie till 2021. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there's no that more. too. Unless you want to look at dicks. Aaron will rebel. Okay. Uh, no, we don't want to. We don't want to look at dicks. We established that during the Tiger King episode, which is uh, in porn. Neither Jared nor I want to see the big dicks. So, well, who's the one that ordered the fancy sleepaway camp? Oh man! Oh sleep! Oh right! Sounds like sometimes you like looking at dicks, doesn't it? <laughs> oh sleepaway camp, we see dicks. Guys. Thanks so much. We'll wrap this one up. I think we've gone a little bit long, but uh, we're still on quarantine lockdown. So we will figure out what our next double feature is. And when we figure that out, you'll be the first to know because we'll let you know and you can watch the movie with us. So thanks so much for listening. Oh, if you want to uh, find out more, head on over to bandcast.com. You can find out some of our other shows. You can follow us on Twitter at bandcast and you can send us emails telling us how right I am about showgirls and how wrong Jared and Aaron are by sending them to bandcast at gmail.com. See you next time. Democracy rules. (laughs) The people have spoken. (laughs) 